Good morning, Shepherd's Gate. How are you? For those of you who are looking in, uh, streaming online, good morning to you. Uh, welcome. We're so glad that you're out there and uh, you're um, part of what's happening here at Shepherd's Gate. Um, the big news today, of course, is what? I just come out of Pennsylvania six more weeks. Sorry, folks. That's just the way it goes. I'm actually looking, I think it's going to be more, I'm counting on March 21st, somewhere in there. So today you're going to need a Bible. Uh, definitely going to need a Bible. The front one in front of you, page 809, is where we're going to be headed today. need to let you know that, uh, you know, today, of course, is the Super Bowl, right? And um, the, uh, often, sometimes, the team lines up to hike the ball, and the quarterback calls an audible. Well, uh, we have an audible this morning. Uh, Pastor Tim is sick. So he called yesterday, and he's probably looking in online if you want to wish him well. He's, um, so he called me late yesterday afternoon, and he said, hey, brother, I need you. And I said, well, I'm supposed to be out in Rochester Hills tomorrow. <laughs> there was this silence, you know. So we immediately got into prayer and everything, and battery of phone calls, it all worked out. We made some changes, and so... Um, here we are this morning. We're going to take a little bit of a detour, a little bit of an audible this morning. We're going to relate to our reading plan this morning in Romans chapter 2, but we're going to be taking a look at Matthew, um, the, the Beatitudes, um, as we start our new uh, sermon series here at Shepherd's Gate, um, the heart of it all, the heart of it all. So now that's why you don't have a sermon outline or message outline when you came in this morning, because that was Pastor Tim's sermon. <laughs> Love you, brother. <laughs> so, uh, th so that's why you don't have a message outline. So if there's anything else I missed this morning that you want to bring to our attention, uh, you, you can email us, let us know at tim at sgatechurch.org. <laughs> if there's anything that you really thought went well, you can email us also at craig at sgatechurch.org. So, let's pray. Father in heaven, we do come to you this morning giving thanks and praise to you uh, for who you are. We do truly now ask, Father, that you would open our hearts and our minds, Holy Spirit, to what it is that you have to say to us this morning uh, in your word, that we might truly take it in and absorb it and learn it and then go out and grant us the, gift, the grace we pray to go out and to be able to live it. And Lord, that I may not misspeak it in Jesus' name, amen. So we're starting a new message series today called At the Heart of It All, and when it's at the heart of it all, you know what's at the heart of it all through the entire book of Romans and indeed all of the Bible because it's really, you know, I think sometimes people say it's really cool, like kind of overused, but it's true. What's really, see, what's really neat, that's kind of overused too. Um, what, the word of God's word of God, it all fits together. And um, where was I going with that? Uh, it, it, all, it all fits together. And what Paul writes in the book of Romans is all about you, you and I and everyone is at the heart of it all. And it's true about all of the Bible and how it all fits together. It's all God's word. And you and I and all the world are at the heart of it all because of what Christ Jesus did for you and for me. And it's there in the book of Romans and what we're going to be taking a look at today in the book of Matthew that we see that we are blessed beyond belief. And we're going to do that. You know, my grandmother, when I was growing up, my grandmother, she always through the bad times and the good, and there were some, quite a few bad times. But she always wouldn't tell me, she said, Craig, 
Count your blessings. Count your blessings. So one of the tricks I've done over the years is I've kind of used the alphabet to kind of count my blessings from time to time. Try to come up with a, something in your life, you know, beginning with A through Z, that you can, for each letter of the alphabet, something that you can name um, that you've been blessed with. So Zs are still a challenge after all these years, but I always, for some reason, I hang on to zinc. I said, thank you for, for zinc. But we as Christians, we are truly blessed. We are truly blessed. And we're blessed in ways that I think that, well, I know we're blessed in ways, and we're going to see in the Beatitudes, we're blessed in ways that the world cannot understand. They just can't understand it, and they just cannot believe it. And so that's what we're going to be taking a look at this morning. So if you want to open your Bibles, written in front of you to page 809, we're just going to kind of read through these Beatitudes uh, here before we begin. Now I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm going to back up a little bit to uh, verse 23, and then just kind of read into the Beatitudes. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel and the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people, so that his fame spread throughout all Syria. And they brought him all sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. In verse chapter 5, 1, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. So notice what happened was he's got these great crowds following him, right? So now what does he do? He kind of separates himself from the crowds, and he goes up, and he's seeing the crowds, he goes up on the mountain, goes up on the mountain. Of course, in the Bible, a lot of Great things happened on the mountain. So he separates himself from the crowds, goes up on this mountain with his disciples. Some of the crowd, crowds do follow them up on the mountain. And he opened his mouth saying, he sat down. You know, in, that, in those days when a rabbi had something really important to say, to teach, they would sit down. Not like today where we stand up and give a message, but then they would sit down. And, and the people uh, knew that there's something that really important. Uh, was going to be happening. So seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. He opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be blessed. Blessed are the meek, uh, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So here we're going to see now that we are blessed Beyond belief. It's a common thing for, um, I think, that for us when we read the Beatitudes and we take a look at them, it's easy for us to take a look at the Beatitudes and to look at them and read them as if they are law, as if they are speaking primarily about Christian living, as if they're instructions on how we are supposed to go about uh, living our life, okay? Uh, as to see them as a kind of a law. But the Beatitudes are not law. They're not instructions for how we go about living our, our Christian life. The Beatitudes are gospel. 
The Beatitudes are gospel. They are good news for us to understand them as gospel, to look at them that way. If you go back, let's take a look real quick. If we look at them as laws, we look at them as being instructions on how we live our daily life, I think that we need to have some reflection. Blessed are the meek, Jesus says. Really? How often do we turn the other cheek? How often do we really, truly turn the other cheek? If, that's, if these are instructions for daily living. Blessed are the merciful. How many times do we or have we been forgiven and yet we don't forgive others? We don't forgive others. And in fact, perhaps we judge them which is what Paul was talking about in our reading plan for today, Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. See, they're, they're not law. Blessed are the peacemakers. How often have we, instead of speaking God's peace into situations, made it worse with our tongues? So see, these are gospel. This is all gospel. I hope that we're getting the point. The purpose of the law, of course, is to what? The purpose of the law is to accuse us and to show us our sin. The Beatitudes show us that if we read them that way, that we don't live up to that law. The Beatitudes are not about our working to obtain blessings. It's easy for us to lose sight. It's easy for us to lose sight of the fact that living a life of discipleship is not about our doing. It's not about what we do. It's about what Christ does in and for us being in us and helping us along the way. It's easy for us, if we take a look at our discipleship in Christ being about us, then it's easy for us to lose sight and to become spiritually proud. Wow, look at me. I'm in my Bible every single day. Look at me. I'm praying every other hour. Look at me. I'm giving so much. It's easy for us to become spiritually proud. If we think that being a disciple is about how our doing, we are in danger of losing a pure heart. If we think that being a disciple of Jesus Christ is all about our doing, then it's easy for us to become tempted to become comfortable with living in a world that is broken and listening to it. If we think that living a life of disciple is all about us, then we can see these beatitudes as rewards. That if I just become a peacemaker, then I'm going to be blessed. If I walk around being poor in spirit, I'm going to be blessed. It's not the way to look at them. The Beatitudes are gospel. They're gospel. They're blessings that they tell us the saving and transforming truths of God through Jesus Christ. I want to share with you this morning three, three of those blessings in the Beatitudes. The first one is, is that Jesus Christ saves us. Amen. Jesus Christ saves us. Our culture, our culture tempts us and teaches us that it's the human mind, the human brain that knows it all. And that mankind knows what's best. And they try and figure it out apart from God. And they become proud and puffed up. Yeah, I got to tell you, one, a perfect example of this, and it's one of my, just makes my spiritual blood boil. <laughs> this is just one example. <clears throat> that earth is our mother. That it took, it, it was, that we're here by pure chance. 
and it took billions and billions of years for it to get to where it's at today. And you keep hearing this, this lie. It, here's what happens. This is how it works. Satan tempts people to think that way, that human beings are the brains behind everything. And so they start speaking some untruth, some lie like this, and they think that if they just keep speaking a lie as fact, and they keep speaking it over and over and over and over again, then it will become truth. We're going to see at the end of the month, or at, yeah, at the end of this month in Romans chapter 3, that, that every, other, every human being on the face of the earth can be a liar, but God remains true. It's God's truth. And here's the truth. The earth is not our mother. We didn't get here by chance. It was by him and for him that all things were created, both the invisible and in the invisible. And that all things, invisible and visible, were reconciled to God the Father through Jesus Christ by his shed blood on the cross. That's the truth. That's the truth. But yet the world, yet the world wants to let you know that you're just by chance and that the earth is your mother. Sure, we take care of what God has given us, but nature is not the one that's in control, and it's God. What we hear and learn from our culture can be very intoxicating, and it, it all places a value on human strength and wisdom and a strong human spirit. The truth that Jesus teaches, however, is just the opposite, and we see that in the first beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed in Matthew, that word blessed in Matthew does not mean happy. Blessed in Matthew, that word blessed means saved. Saved. Blessed in Matthew, the poor in spirit in this beatitude are the same as the poor in spirit that Jesus talks about to whom the good news is being preached. When Jesus said to those that are around him, go back and report to John, that would be John the Baptist, what you hear and see, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. It's those same people, those same people who are poor in spirit. The poor in spirit are like those who are like lost, scattered sheep because they have no shepherd. Sheep, you know, they need protection. They need to know that they're secure. And when they're without their shepherd, they become very fidgety. And the littlest, littlest thing, like a jackrabbit, can set them off, scattering them in each direction. The poor in spirit are like those sheep who are lost and scattered without a shepherd. In this beatitude, Christ is proclaiming that the good news to the poor in spirit is this, that the kingdom of God has already come. The kingdom of God is already here. And we know that that kingdom of God is what? It's a spiritual kingdom. And all those who are in that spiritual kingdom are those who have faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's you. That's the world. That's everyone who has faith in Jesus Christ. And this blessing of this, the blessing of this beatitude, the poor in spirit, it's for all people. It's for everyone who we come in contact with in our life. In one way or another, we are all poor in spirit, and we need to hear the good news. We need to hear the gospel. The promise of this beatitude is the blessing of the gift of faith in Christ as the promised Messiah, the gift of knowing Jesus, the Savior. 
Blessedness beatitude that the kingdom of God is already theirs who are poor in spirit is for those who know they're poor in spirit. The poor in spirit are those who know that they are a sinner. They know that they are in need of salvation and that that salvation cannot come from inside themselves. They cannot save themselves. And that that salvation has to come from outside of themselves. Someone else needs to save them. That's the poor in spirit. And that person poor in spirit look to is Jesus Christ. So you see, this beatitude is not law. This beatitude is all grace. We are blessed beyond what we without Christ thought. Not only does he save us, but he also, second point, fills us up. Yeah, life at times can seem empty. We've all been there. Our culture promotes its blessing, that it says that as long as we take care of ourselves and that we are assertive and we get what we want, then life is good. Culture says that we should do whatever we need to do to obtain that. These blessings can be ours if we have a good time, if we have joy and happiness without trouble, if it's those things that we seek after. Christmas time, there was a commercial. I don't know um, if, you, if you saw it or you remember it, but the commercial was a car commercial, of all things. I think the car was a Lexus, I don't remember. I'm not getting on anybody who owns a Lexus. I'm not getting on any particular <laughs> car manufacturer. But if you remember the commercial, this uh, woman comes into this house and she walks in the house and she finds her house in various stages of chaos. Like some relatives arrive early and the dogs are running around or she walks in another time and the kids are all running around and there's animals. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Did you notice what she does to find relief? She goes outside and sits in her brand new car. That's the message that the world gives us. That we go outside, we sit in luxury, and that's how we find peace. The truth that Jesus teaches, however, is just the opposite. It's the reverse of the culture. And the blessings of these next three attitudes are for those who are humble by exercising mercy and making peace for the sake of Jesus Christ. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. All those who recognize themselves as poor in spirit, yet also blessed in Christ, will find themselves mourning over the evil and the sin in themselves. As human beings, the one thing that we all want in our life is to be happy and to have joy. But what Jesus is saying here is that in this world, we can count on the fact that there is going to be sorrow, there is going to be mourning. Now, does that mean that we walk around with long faces and that we don't have any joy in our life? No, that's not what that means. But what it does mean is this, it does mean is this, that in those times where we have those things that happen in our life that we wish we didn't have to, Christ is there. The poor in spirit, those who mourn, Christ will be with us. For those who are poor in spirit are not forsaken by our God, he will comfort us with the assurance of salvation and his presence in our everyday life. That's what that beatitude is saying. See? Gospel. Gospel. 
not law. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meek, the word meek here in the Greek is passive. It's passive. Which means, again, that we are not in a position of being able to help ourselves. It's not about us. The promise in this beatitude is that all disciples of Christ who are oppressed by the world and spiritually powerless will be the future inheritance of a new creation at the end of time. John wrote in the book of Revelation 21.1, one day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth for the former things have passed away. Christ is going to come again in glory one day, folks. He's going to step on this earth. The only, the only thing that's keeping him back right now is that he wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And one day he is going to return. And all of these blessings that we're hearing about today point toward that future. When Christ comes again, there's going to be a regeneration of all things and a final judgment day. And those who have suffered oppression at the hands of evil, it is promised the blessings of this future inheritance. See? Gospel for you and for me. Blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. We see all that is going on around us, and we long. We long for salvation. We long for Jesus Christ. The force of this word talks about those who are gasping for, desiring for, constantly wanting. It's like holding your breath until you can't, you can't hold it any longer, and you start gasping. It's that kind of just want more of Jesus. Those who have just come to the faith remind me of this the most often. They just want more and more and more of Jesus. That's the hunger and the thirst for righteousness. All who hunger and thirst for God's saving righteousness will on the last day be filled. And that's what Paul writes about in the book of Romans. That's what's at the heart of it all. We are blessed. Jesus saves. He fills us up. And the last thing is this, is that he transforms us. There's a shift in the Beatitudes at this point. Previous Beatitudes, Jesus proclaimed the blessings of the poor in spirit. In these last four Beatitudes, he teaches of the transforming power of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And what that means. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Jesus here is not teaching is not to be merciful so that you will be shown mercy, but rather now because you are his disciple, he who is the perfect example of mercy now empowers you to be merciful to others and to forgive them. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Those who have a pure heart are those who, because of transforming power of his forgiveness, can now worship and acknowledge the true God alone and receive blessings from him alone and from no one else. See? Gospel. Gospel. Blessed beyond belief. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. We are now transformed by the Holy Spirit to speak God's peace into the lives of others. And that peace that he's talking about when we are called to be peacemakers, he's not talking about outward, the peace of outward, the outward world, physical peace, although we do want that, we do pray for that. 
But being a peacemaker is about bringing the gospel to others, to everyone, everywhere. That's what being a peacemaker is. Talking to others and letting them know that there, now there is peace between God the Father and them because of what Jesus Christ did for them on the cross. That's being a peacemaker. And by being a peacemaker and a disciple of God, he calls you a child, a son of God. But then we have this. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So here's the qualifier. The qualifier here is in the words, because of me. As we go everywhere out into the world and speak to everyone the gospel and become peacemakers, not everyone is going to receive what we have to say with an open heart and an open hand. Sometimes their heart is going to be closed and their fists are going to be clenched. Not all of those who bring God's peace to others will be received well. Some will be rejected. Some will be persecuted. That might just end up being you. Now, just might end up being me. But we are called to go out and to speak to everyone everywhere this good news. All the saints at times are poor in spirit, mourning, meeking, and hungering for God's victory by the transforming power of our union with Jesus Christ because of what he did for us on the cross. The promise is that for those who are persecuted, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We have nothing to fear, nothing to fear as we go out into the world and we spread peacemaking to everyone everywhere. So we are blessed beyond belief because each and every one of these blessings points to that day when Christ comes again in glory and again, that's what's at the heart of it all. Jesus saving, filling up, and transforming us each and every day. We're going to receive Holy Communion, and I ask you to join with me in prayer. For those of you who are guests with us this morning, um, or if you are attending Shepherd's Gate for the first time, we draw your attention to the screens. We have the communion guidelines there for you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do come to you this morning. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, confessing to you that we're sinners. We've heard your word this morning. We've heard how blessed we are because of what your Son, Jesus Christ, did for us on the cross. Our confession this morning is, Father, in your Son's name, that we're not poor in spirit. We don't always seek your righteousness. We're not always the peacemakers that you would like us to be. And a lot of times we look at these blessings that you've given to us as instructions for daily living rather than blessings, gospel blessings that are ours all because of your shed blood, Son, on the cross. We ask and pray now, Father, that you'd hear our confession. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 
that you went willingly to that cross. They didn't have to force you to lay down on it, that you went willingly and you laid down. And you stretched your arms out and freely received the nails, the whippings, the spear. And you did it all for us so that we would be forgiven. And that forgiveness that we now receive in this supper that you have left for us in your true body and blood. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.